Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Table Talk, discussions of church, theology, and culture. My name is Luke Burrow. I'm the family and ministry coordinator here at CBC Elderton. With me, as always, is our lead pastor, Andrew Hall. If you are listening to this episode on the day that it releases, uh, we are on the first Friday of Advent. Uh, December has rolled around. The first Sunday of Advent is behind us, and we are going to be starting uh, an Advent series of podcasts this week and for the next two weeks leading up to Christmas. Andrew, before we get started with what we want to talk about this week, maybe before we start, we should give just a brief explanation for those who are unaware. What is Advent? What is the Advent season? And why, why do we celebrate it leading up to Christmas? In the four Sundays prior to Christmas, uh, Christians have remembered uh, love, joy, hope, and peace. And they have reflected on these themes as uh, a season of preparation for uh, Christ, uh, the receiving of Christ. So technically, uh, the way that most evangelicals celebrate Advent is it's like pre-Christmas. But really, Advent was a, a time of waiting. Yeah. And it's a time of, of preparation uh, that, that we would prepare our hearts for the coming of Christ, both for recognizing his first coming, but also anticipating his, his second coming. Mm-hmm. And, and so this is a season where uh, Christians take intentional time throughout history uh, to various degrees. Uh, those who follow the church calendar would say, this is a time of of fasting, of preparation, of waiting. And it's it's really to anticipate we long for Jesus to come again because in the in the sin and darkness and trouble of this world, we need Christ. We need Christ to come again just as he came the first time. On a sort of more modern practical note, I often also find that I'm thankful for the Advent season just because it's an opportunity to slow down. December yes. goes by so fast and so quick and the calendar fills up. And I have had years where Christmas has snuck up on me and punched me right in the nose. And I didn't even realize it was coming until it was too late. And it's it's very helpful to have a time to slow down and to actually think about what it is we're celebrating and not get totally swept away by what can be a very crazy and busy season. And so we're going to spend some time talking in this Advent season uh, in line with a sermon series that you're doing, which you've titled There Shone a Holy Light. We're thinking about light this uh-huh. Advent season. Advent and Christmas, this whole time of year is very much about light and darkness. This is a theme that so many people have picked up uh, here in, at least in the in these latitudes and at, <laughs> at this time of year, we experience physically in our world some of the darkest days. And in that we have the message, the proclamation of some of the brightest light. And so it, in a very real physical sense, this is the darkest time of year. We are surrounded by darkness in a spiritual sense as well. And so as we consider the, the darkness around us and all of these various forms, what does Christmas have to say to us in the midst of the darkness? Uh, as you mentioned latitude, as people in the Northern Hemisphere, yeah, we feel the darkness mm-hmm. settling in. Um, I remember as a child heading out to visit some relatives in Edmonton in the fall. And I think it was like 
3.30 or 4 o'clock. It was pitch black. Yeah. And it just felt depressing. It was like, wow, how can they live in this? And then I've had family that's lived in uh, Yukon and uh, they're, they're north of the Arctic Circle in that sense and or north of 60 degrees. And uh, and so it's dark. Mm-hmm. It's they, they can watch the the sun just uh, just barely come up over the horizon and then it goes back down uh, at this time of year. Um, I, I think that this is a season where people often struggle. It is, yeah. Um, I know that I find I get, well, I sleep a whole lot better this time of year. <laughs> I'm way more tired. Uh, eight o'clock rolls around and it's like, is it? Only eight o'clock. Dark for hours. It feels like it's midnight, Um, especially when the time changes at the beginning of November. I I really feel it. There are people who struggle with seasonal affective disorder or Mm -hmm. SAD. Um, A lot of people. Yeah, and it's it's not uncommon. So people people are trying to deal with uh, just the blues. Uh, Depression uh, sets in for a lot of people. Uh, People find that. They get a little bit more lethargic as the weather's getting colder. The days are dark. Uh, it's gloomy today. It's a, it's a gray, cloudy day outside mm-hmm. when we're recording. Uh, there's just this sense of, ugh, right? It's, I don't want to get out. And so in the midst of this, um, I've, I've often been really encouraged um, when I take a walk out in my neighborhood and I see all the Christmas lights mm-hmm. coming on and there's something about, even though it's so dark, there's something cheery about the lights. There's something uh, about the way that people are decorating to make things bright. Um, at, and, and Isaiah says this in Isaiah 9, verse 2, the people who have walked in darkness have seen a great light. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, he's referencing there, there's just this, uh, the effect of sin is like darkness. It's deep darkness and and shadows and gloom, he mentions at the end of chapter eight. And into that, then Isaiah nine starts and the people who've been in this darkness are going to see a great light. And there's something about light that gives us hope. It, it gives us joy. Uh, we we love to see the brightness of, of the day. Um, when I lived in Northern Ontario, one of the things that I did love about winter was that uh, when it got cold, it got really bright. Mm-hmm. And and I loved the sunshine and just the way that the sun shone in the midst of the darkest part of the year. Uh, it's not the same here uh, between the Great Lakes. Yeah. Uh, we we feel the the dread and the gloom of this season. And so in the same way as physical lights come and they shine and they bring us joy in the midst of a world where uh, I think what Advent reminds us is that in the midst of a world where it's full of sin and darkness and gloom, uh, Christ comes to be the light, the mm-hmm. light of the world. He comes to break in and shine lights. And, and that's just from the beginning of the Bible story to the very end. Yeah, and I am sure that many of our listeners can relate to this. I have felt specifically this year in a particular way, just being involved in looking at the news and seeing what's going on in the world. I I felt a particular sense Mm -hmm. of darkness, especially over the last few months that I think, I think for many of us, myself included, this particular Advent, this particular Christmas season may feel even more so that way. And 
very, very grateful for the, for the hope that does come. And Andrew, as you mentioned, this idea of light goes all the way back to the beginning of the Bible, all the way back to the first verse of the entire Bible in Genesis 1.1. And this is something you're really going to be structuring your sermon series around for this Advent season. And so maybe we can, we can start there and you can let us, let our listeners know kind of what some of your musings have been on this as you've prepared to just preach this upcoming Advent season. Yeah. So, uh, I think by the time this episode uh, is is uh, released, uh, I will have preached on the first few verses of Genesis yeah. on December third, and I wanted uh, I wanted to just take a pause and think about uh, God says, "Let there be light," and that's a very it's a very interesting phrase. Mm-hmm. I know you and I were talking about this uh, because. You, uh, just before we we started recording, that this often raised questions in your mind as a young man, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, I, I always thought it was a sort of a strange apologetic question of how on earth could there be light because it's on day four of creation where the the sun and the moon yeah. are, are made, and I always thought that was very weird. And as a as a younger man, I couldn't really make heads or tails of that. But I think uh, as as I've grown and I've began to understand a bit more of biblical theology and about these these things there's a, a a much more important reason for that and that's something you've been specifically preparing to speak on if i understand correctly yeah i think it helps to start uh yes uh in genesis 1 3 god's first words the very first words out of his mouth are let there be light and that's a very profound first phrase really, if you think about it, um, when, when the main character comes on and the first phrase is very dramatic. That's important. It is important. And you ought to stop and pause and think about it. Uh, I think it's interesting as well that it's day four, that the stars and the sun and the, the moon, they're created. Um, really, what are we getting at? Uh, we... We need to understand in Genesis, I think, Genesis 1, that there is this structure of God creating um, this threefold universe. There is the the skies above, there are the seas below, and there is the earth. And each of the days, days 1, 2, and 3, have corresponding days of 4, 5, and 6, where God fills. So on day 1, where he says, let there be light, and there's this separation of uh, light and darkness. Um, then on day four, he fills the sky with luminaries. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, he, when he creates, the, when he separates uh, the land from the waters, then he'll, he'll fill those things. So, so days four, five, and six are the filling of each one of those. Um, and, and this threefold universe, this three-structured universe actually becomes... Uh, a paradigm for the tabernacle and the temple. It becomes, mm-hmm. it becomes the way that we understand how we come into the presence of God. Um, that there is, there are the depths below. There is the earth where people live, and there is the sky above, and and the holy place of God. Um, and in the midst of that, uh, we have to pause and we have to go. Then, what is God saying by "Let there be light"? If, if this is the heavens above where he dwells um, and there's no sun or stars until the fourth day, 
what does it mean that God says, let there be light? Where is the light coming from? Mm-hmm. Is it just light in general? And in our scientific brains, we want to figure these things out and we create arguments against evolution from Genesis 1 and we want to use it as a scientific textbook and that's not Genesis 1. No. Um, but yet uh, we know from the end of the, the story uh, that that in Revelation 22, verse 5, when, when the people of God are with God, there is no sun or moon and there is no night, it actually says in Revelation, mm-hmm. because God will be the light. And so from that, what I take is that when God says, let there be light, he is the light. He is, it's as though God is saying, let there be a revelation of who I am. Revelation is often connected to light. And there is this illumination that comes. And the very function of what God is wanting to do in the midst of chaos and and disorder is bring his own revelation of who he is and what he is like. And he structures a world to display his glory. It's interesting that glory is often connected with light Mm -hmm. as well. And so as a result of that, I I think the very thing that God is saying, let there be light, it's not just physical light. It's also let there be uh, an illumination of who I am. We use that word illumination to talk about understanding in the mind. And it's mm-hmm. a word that's connected to light. And so well, why do we say like, oh, the lights went on. I, I got a great idea. It was like a light bulb went off in my head. Uh, it, we, we connect all of these things with, with revelation, with illumination, with understanding. And I think that what God is saying is, that as he is creating, what he is bringing about first and foremost is a knowledge of himself. And he wants to reveal his glory. And so I think that the beauty of what God is doing in the midst of creation is that as the relationship of father, son, and spirit, as there is this love that is between them, that there is this overflow of his love, which he goes, I, I, I must create, I must give an expression of, of who I am. And it's my joy and my delight. Let there be a revelation of who I am. And what bursts forth out of the love of God is light. Um, and, and that's why I think in John's prologue in John chapter one, uh, that that love and light and life are all connected. Yeah. And I think that that's a profound idea. Uh, so then when Jesus comes at the festival of lights in John chapter eight, uh, as, as he comes, he stands before the people in John 8, uh, 12, and he says, I am the light of the world. And so Jesus is not saying, I am the sun that is in the sky that is brightening up your day, but he is saying, I am the revelation of who God is in all of his glory, and it brings light into darkness. So Paul will talk about that in Ephesians 5. Awake, O sleeper, arise from your slumber, and Christ will shine upon you. Mm-hmm. And, and, and Paul can talk about this in 2 Corinthians 4, 4 verses 4 and 6, that, that the God of this age has blinded us, but the God who said, let there be light, has shone the light of the glory of the knowledge of God in the face of Jesus Christ into our hearts. And so God is still saying, let there be light. Mm -hmm. The way that he's saying, let there be light, is he's bringing an understanding of who he is in Jesus Christ. Very much. And when we start to think about the light and illumination as a theme all throughout scripture, we begin to see just how prominent it is all throughout. We've 
we've looked at the very first book, we've looked at the very last book, and lots in between. This is this is a, a huge, important thing for us to understand as we seek to understand Scripture as best we can. And this very much, of course, aligns with Advent and with Christmas. Really, Christmas is maybe, in my opinion, best understood with these metaphors of mm-hmm. of light, of light coming into the darkness and. This is, this is what we're, we're celebrating. And it's something that we now have, as Advent has begun, some weeks to celebrate. And so, Andrew, you've already talked about how one of the ways that people seek to celebrate light, maybe whether they realize it or not, not, not everybody does this with a theological purpose in mind, but is through light displays. And yeah. in, in the dark nights, it's, it's amazing to see all the lights on all the houses. And as, as God's people, we can, we can participate in that joyfully and even with, with much extra joy and with, with extra meaning. And I think that's a wonderful and beautiful thing. And as all of us are, driving around and going about our business in, in this season and seeing all these lights, we, we can understand that there's more than just a, a fun cultural tradition at play here uh, that is, is a modern invention that has come along with light bulbs, but there's actually something really profound about that. And so that's one of the ways that we celebrate the light. What are some other ways that you can think of that we uh, during this Advent season can celebrate the the dawning of light into into the darkness. Uh, the Bible talks about how uh, Ephesians five eight. At one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. Um, I think that I think it's a wonderful thing. Just to why why do candles draw people in? What it's there's there's warmth. And there's light. There's there's something about them. I love Christmas Eve and the lighting of the candles. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I love seeing in a dark room the flicker of those candles on everyone's face. Um, there's something that just, I don't know what it is. I, I can't even begin to describe it. Uh, it's one of my favorite times of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, turning off the lights in the auditorium and and then the singing uh, Silent Night or Joy to the World um, I, I love listening to the carols and thinking about the themes of light that come in those carols. Um, in the midst of a, a dark time of year, in discouragement, in uh, when we feel the physical darkness pressing in around us, uh, yes, light displays, I think singing about the light, I think reflecting upon our own salvation, how is it that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all? As John would say in John chapter one, First John one, um, I, I think that these are beautiful things. Celebrate the light. Uh, we walk in the light as He is in the light, as John or as Paul would say in Ephesians five. Um, Jesus, who is the light of the world, uh, put up our put up our lights. Light some candles on your table during this season. Find find some way to celebrate light in the midst of darkness. Uh, in a world where uh, you mentioned how the news is incredibly depressing, um, we need we need to find ways of celebrating the light of Christ. Mm-hmm. That darkness isn't going to last forever. Sin and death are not forever. The light is forever. There is going to be a day of no more night. So celebrate the light. 
and find ways to do that as a family around your table, whether it's as, as a family or as individuals, uh, do things that just bring brightness into the darkness. Um, why is it that, that uh, we, we talk about um, sometimes you can be, uh, uh, you can bring sunshine into someone's day. We're not talking about I captured light out of the sky and I captured it in a bag or a bottle and I mm-hmm. unleashed it, but that I can have an attitude that brings light and joy. What are ways that you could bring hope and encouragement and, and light in the midst of a dark season? Uh, what ways can you lavish that light upon others? Uh, there's a reason why um, we we connect light and gifts and all of these things. It's just these are the things that bring joy, that bring hope in the midst of discouragement and darkness. Yeah, Amen. We are glad to have you joining us here for these Advent episodes as we come close to the end of the year. Uh, we hope that this series of episodes will be an encouragement to you. We hope that you'll get an opportunity to slow down in the midst of the busyness and be able to experience the the joy of this season of the dawning of the light in the midst of a, a dark world and in the midst of dark days. We will look forward to joining you for the next two weeks as we continue our Advent series. And until then... Hope you have a wonderful week and we will see you next week. God bless and happy Advent. Bye, everybody.